welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. everybody welcome to the confessional my name is mike moran we are back with quarantine edition confessional uh if you'd like to participate in the confessional just uh come and see us on facebook on instagram we're confessional on everything so uh come say hi let us know how you're doing i am joined by quarantine co-host sue werner what's up how are you sue I'm doing okay. How about you? Not bad, not bad. Uh, of course, from the very popular rock band War on Women. Hell yeah. And you're supposed to be on tour right now. I am, and I'm not. With <laughs> with who? Uh, Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio. <laughs> is this going to be rescheduled? Hopefully for September. Cool. Now, what are we discussing today, Sue? We're discussing toxic masculinity. Kind of a big, big topic. It really is. <laughs> and... We have a very, very special guest to t- discuss that with, too. I know. I'm so stoked. This gentleman, we all grew up watching him in the 90s on The State, right? Uh-huh. He did the I Heart The, right? And also, don't forget, Topics. Topics, the greatest <laughs> podcast in Ever. history that needs to come back. <laughs> and I kind of have a feeling this edition of Confessional is going to kind of fall into that style. Um, uh, One would hope. Uh, this guy, <laughs> Baltimore loves him every time he comes here. Always has a great time. Uh, he's one of the nicest comedians I've ever met as far as, you know, big headliners. And he gave me a huge boost of confidence when I started doing stand-up. Sue, did you know that? Well, dang. He sure has... needed one. <laughs> uh, just one more before we introduce him. Uh, he has a children's book out now. You know, he writes books. I didn't He know writes that. tons of books. Uh, he has a children's book out called I'm Worried. And he has a grown-up book coming out in <laughs> September called A Better Man. Please welcome oh, cool. Michael Ian Black. Michael, yeah. thank you so much for doing the confessional. Oh, my pleasure. I'm just looking up War on Women, which is... I didn't know you were part of a cool band. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've done warp tour. They've toured internationally, right? Yeah, it's true. Are you a punk guy, Michael? I yeah, I'm a, I mean I grew up as a hardcore Ooh, kid. You Me love too. War on Women. Yeah, I think you might I think you right might on. dig it. We yeah. just we just finished recording a new record too, like literally like 2 days before everything shut down. Right. We finished <laughs> we finished recording uh all the stuff, all the instruments and everything. So, um hopefully we'll have a new what record out at some point. I don't um, I uh, play the um, feminist bass lines in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, Those and, are uh, my favorite bass lines are the feminist ones. Yeah, no, no, no. You can really hear your dick wanting to fall off. Yeah, every time I play it. <laughs> every <note>. time. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's it, it it it's great. I was uh pretty stoked when Mike told me the topic of this show because I know that you've written about this type of thing in the past. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a top, it's the, it's something that I think about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, All sure. You got right. a whole band about it. Uh, Mike, do you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful. They might write a song about you. It'll uh, be a good one. Wait, wait, Michael, before do you get to have me, anything? Here, wait, before you get to me, Michael, listen, yes, you're a five piece hardcore punk band focusing on feminism. Uh, what? How much does that pay? What do you mean? How much does it pay? <laughs> oh, getting paid for music. Oh, oh my goodness, that oh, is that is too. Oh, cute. that's rich. That is that's so rich. Cute. Oh, you know what? You know what? Though I can't really complain. The the band pretty much pays for the band, and we Great. you know we come home from a tour with a couple hundred bucks sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, wow. and, and, and we get to do really cool stuff. Like I get like last year we got to go to Australia and play two huge festivals. Yeah. They opened for Ozzy, right? Or no, no Ozzy couldn't no, make Ozzy it. Couldn't make Judas it. Priest. 
Slayer. Slayer. Anthrax. Alice in Chains was there, I think. That is true. Yeah. Uh, the Platters, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what my life is. It's I've been playing music since music since I was like a New Jersey hardcore kid in the late nineties and See, I was a New Jersey hardcore kid in the Wait ladies. a minute. Oh, my goodness. I'm from New Brunswick. Where are you from? Hillsboro. Of do you course know I do. Oh, my goodness. This show is quickly becoming not about me, but continue. I enjoy it. <laughs> no, uh, c- Central New Jersey. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, honestly, uh, I've done a lot of touring and like sometimes people say that like I've heard a lot of people, a lot of different people say that the the coolest kids come from new jersey especially central jersey no one not from new Could jersey be. says that you but. know no 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 somebody from pennsylvania told me that well pennsylvania sure <laughs> do you know a guy named tim shaw sorry who's in a band tim- do you know a band called ensign of course i do of course i do that, so tim shaw who's the singer of ensign was in my he played bass in my high school hardcore you're kidding oh. i had i had no idea do you guys still do you guys yep. still keep in touch a little bit here and there on text and email. That is, that's freaking awesome. What was your band called? The Please. The, the Please. That's a good name. There was a, okay, this isn't, sorry, we're getting really off topic no, no, here. Go for but it. there was I'm a, there great. was a band, like a hardcore band from the 80s in New Brunswick called Please Youth with uh, Paul Decolator. Yeah. Do you, is, yeah. That, is that the same band? No, okay. no, no, no. Okay. They were they were uh, successful, and we were a high okay. school. <laughs> I didn't know you were a musician, Michael. What did what did you play? Uh, well, I was the singer, so to wow. speak. Uh, I'm not a musician, but I'm trying to teach myself. I, 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 did you have your shirt off? Because isn't that a requirement for male hardcore front singers? Mm-mm. I wish I had had the uh, confidence, self confidence, right. or body. To have my right, shirt off, right. I was about 120 pounds, okay. five okay. foot ten. I don't think I don't. I think they've they've changed that requirement recently. Okay, good. Yeah, I did think <laughs> that was restrictive. Uh, <laughs> well, that's cool. You guys that are kind of from the same scene. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, I bet we know a bunch of the same people, but we don't need to do that right now because it's like <laughs> the most boring conversation in the world for the person that's not in it. No, that's really that's really cool. I, and maybe for the listeners too, I aim to please. My thing is come on a podcast. And be as boring and inside sure. New Jersey as I <laughs> yeah. can possibly be. Yeah, just talk about. I'm just trying to get Jersey. your listenership. How about like the Melody Bar? I don't know the. Oh Melody my gosh! Bar. Okay, um, it, it was in New Brunswick. It was on uh, French Street. It was uh, it was cool. They did a lot of shows there. Uh, the only place I really knew was uh, City Gardens. Oh that was sort yeah, of that closed like like two minutes after I started being able to go to shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um uh did so so you so you you didn't go you did you check out like the court tavern at all or i remember the court tavern mm-hmm. yep that place man I, i've played a lot of shows there and yeah. uh and let me think maxwell yeah. oh i love maxwell these are not punk venue sounding names people maxwell's the court garden oh i saw fugazi at yeah, maxwell's I mean, really i saw yeah. I saw wow. all at I mean, you know, Ma- oh, yeah, Maxwell's was in Hoboken. It was like the best club. Really? It was the best club. Wow. And now it's not there anymore. I think it's like luxury condos. Uh-huh. Well, everything dies. Yeah, you know? that's a fact. That's, that's the beauty of life. <laughs> and that's a good thought to have right now. Did you guys, uh, by the way, Michael, did you just hear Kim Jong-un is probably dead? Well, I keep. I'm, I mean, I've been paying attention to it and waiting to see if he's dead or alive. And and I have no idea which outcome to root for. I don't know if I want him to be dead or I want him to be alive. I don't know what's less dangerous for the world. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of how I feel about it. Mike, Mike, this apparently just happened, and Mike told me, and I really just didn't know what to say. Because um, I had this memory of Michael uh, posting. What did you tweet when Kim, Kim Jong Il died, and you you tweeted? Kim Jong dead, and I liked that. <laughs> You're welcome for that like. I don't remember, but it sounds pretty funny. I mean, your your reading of it is funnier than my uh, tweet of it. <laughs> now, Michael. Oh wait, I get it. Ill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. You were just pretending to laugh at that too. Yeah, it's uh, we're, yeah. I was. We're professional comedians, so yeah. we <laughs> we get these things. <laughs> Um, now, Michael, before we go any further, what uh, what do you got going on? What would you like to plug? What do you got coming up? What do you do? Well, uh, let's see. At the moment, there's uh, 
a global pandemic. I'm unemployed <laughs> and will probably be unemployed for at optimistically the next year. All right. Okay. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it shut down? I don't right. know if you heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, is your is your book going to be released uh, virtually, or how, how's that going to work? No, no. My book will come out in September. It was supposed to come out uh, next week, okay. maybe. Yeah, or a week and a half from now, but it'll come out in September now because of the global yeah. pandemic. Right. Right. And nobody wants to read about. Uh, I've been meaning to look at masculinity right now. Yeah. Were you scheduled to like do a bunch of publicity and stuff uh, around that? Yeah, That's was, just was, not was, happening right was, now. Yeah, I was going to be on the road for like a month doing a book tour. Oh man! And uh, just like you, I was going to be on the road, and and but I was yep. going to come home with even less than a few hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like like a book tour sounds like glamorous or something but it's probably like really, really yeah i don't i don't you're you know, picturing like motley Crue well, tours from the 80s i really, i don't actually know those what i'm backstage picturing. book tour parties <laughs> well here's what here no looks better news. about a book tour than touring with a hardcore feminist punk band one you're not driving around in a van with a bunch of other people right uh two you're not crashing on anybody's oh, couch that's nice yeah, you're in hotels, uh, Mr. Big and, stuff yeah. over and generally people are buying you nice meals. That's, that's but you don't make any yeah, money. That sounds kind of good. That does sound nice. <laughs> yeah, good, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things I like about tour is that I don't have to make any decisions about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. so, someone. That's a great feminist stance. To no, take. no, 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 no. Like I just, I, I, I'm, I, I get like overwhelmed with yeah, no, by too you. by too many choices. And when there's like, some when my tour manager is like, "All right, get up now." Get in the van. We're going to be driving for six hours, mm. you know, and uh, load ins at four and da, 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 you know, and I have a schedule and it's great, you know, like I, I do really well on a, like yeah, on a, yeah. on a schedule, yeah. you know, I feel productive uh, or something, you know, when I'm left to my own devices is when I get into trouble, sure. like days off are never good. I love, I love being in the bubble. I call, you know, you're just in the bubble. It's like, you're just yeah. in your own little thing. The rest of the world exists it's, it's, outside of that bubble, and it's fabulous. I love it. Like, 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 completely. Like, the minute I get in that van, I stop caring about real life. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. it, it, it is, it is, it is pretty <laughs> nice. And you, you, of course, did that tour with the Ataris playing bass for them. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Uh, that I, must it, have been a little that was, classier. No, <laughs> no, um, no. It was, it was just a weekend, and uh, really, yeah, it was. Oh, it was, it was like, it was like four or five days. Huh. I mean, I had just been. Uh, I'm on... pretty sure that's called a week. Oh well, it was like a long. It was like a long weekend. All right. Um, but yeah, I bet. But that was like after Warp Tour and stuff. Right. Right. So you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything seemed uh, pretty uh, low stakes sure. after that. That was sure. that was that was fun though. I, lo- I those songs are really fun to play. Cool. All right. Well, let us jump into our topic du jour, as Michael used to say: toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Uh, our first confession is from Aaron Coughlin, New York City. What's that? I used to say that. I thought you said as much. Uh, yeah, to on say topics, topics, didn't you? The topic, the topic du jour. Wasn't that something you would say on topics? Oh, oh, oh! I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, topic, yeah, yeah. The topic. Yes, that, yes. Understood. Michael, I know. I you're... apologize. I feel like I'm being terrible. No, on no, no. You're great. And I want, I'm the terrible want to be one. better. <laughs> We okay. Aaron says we should call it something else. Too often, when you try to have a conversation about it, men fall over themselves defending masculinity instead of listening. No idea where I could find some examples of this in action. It is not the idea that masculinity is bad. It is the idea that certain aspects of what is considered masculine behavior is actually societal conditioning, and that and this is toxic and harmful to men, women, and a society as a whole. Uh, examples include real men don't cry, don't show emotions, always want to F, treat women <laughs> like objects, must be the breadwinners, aren't natural caregivers like women, don't go to the doctor, just aren't good at housework. Um, I, I think that that's actually a really, you know, I, w- I, I was like, maybe perhaps we should define toxic masculinity, right. but I think that that confession kind of did a pretty good you think so? job about it. Um. Uh, uh, and I, I do think that, like, 
when people say, oh, we need a better term because, uh, you know, men get really defensive when you say, you know, you know, when you and that's and that's and and that is and that's very true. Um, You know, uh, I don't I don't I'm not sure if like, um, you know, like, why should we change? They're the ones that suck is, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but toxic's a pretty heavy word, you know, not a lot of good stuff associated with the word toxic. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure why, you know, if calling it something nicer would make people listen, though. Right, right. Um, What do you think, Michael? I don't use the term. Mm -hmm. Okay. I because for, for all the reasons that are stated, it makes people defensive. But more than that, I think, um, because we don't have a healthy model of masculinity, the term of toxic affixes itself so neatly to the word masculinity mm-hmm. um, that it ends up corroding the very idea of masculinity. So I, I, I prefer the term when we're talking about this traditional masculinity, huh, okay. which em- okay. which emphasizes certain traits that men uh, are conditioned to be brought up with, not all of which are bad, sure. by the way, a lot of which are good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, independent strength, fortitude, mm-hmm. grit, um, like the a lot of these things can can a lot of these attributes can be terrific. The problem oh, we get into repeat? is you, you, when you dropped out for a sec. Let's say that again, Sue. Oh, can you just can you just repeat that? You dropped out for just a second. Oh, what did I? Where did you part. lose me? Some of these traits can be terrific. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 yeah perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll I'll restate it. Yeah. Um, a lot. Some of these traits can be terrific. There's there's great things to be said for a lot of what we consider traditionally masculine attributes. The problem is we also bring with it a lot of baggage that's outdated, mm. right, harmful, right. and um, um, and also ends up hurting ourselves. And, and like Aaron said, uh, hurt, ends up hurting men, women, small animals. Right. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I, um, I, I feel like this is sort of, I, I have a little bit of I, I perhaps I'm going to change my mind right now um, that the term is kind can be kind of harmful sometimes um, because it, it really does sort of lend lead people to shut down. Yeah, um, it's a harsh mm-hmm. term. And 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 like and 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 often and you know I feel like we've probably all been through this. Nobody likes being. Nobody. It's not fun to get criticized sure, for just sure. just for something you didn't even realize was a problem, you right. know. Um, and often your first instinct, even as like someone who like is like quote unquote woke or whatever, your first instinct is to mm-hmm. double down. Sure, you know. Sure. And I think it's really important to be able to kind of take a step back and just chill out. Not you know, not try try not to feel personally attacked by this stuff and like take it at face value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's i do i do understand that it's hard to do that for a lot of people um so you know myself included sometimes i feel yeah. like i feel like when i start having that kind of feeling of sure that's sure. A, that's like a big signal that i think I, that i need to shut right, up and right. start and think about this a little bit more yeah i mean do you guys think like the whole internet culture has kind of made that worse in the last few years with like just you know the the facelessness of it people can be so harsh and you know, just there's not a lot of understanding and, and rational, reasonable conversation going on. I think the answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you th- I disagree. No, I mean, I totally agree. I just yeah, I wanted to demonstrate Internet etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm reminded of. Uh, <laughs> and you're. I hate you. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, as the a, Internet reminds me. Hello. Okay. Sorry, can you just uh, say that again? To me, you're just dropping out a tiny bit here. Oh, I, I wasn't. I was letting. I I I was going to interject something stupid <laughs> and probably please, not very helpful, and I do. already forgot what it was. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll do the only stupid interjections around here. <laughs> All right. This one is from Mad- Madeline Gallagher, right? London, England. We got New York City and London so far. Uh, that's uh, all we need is two of the biggies. Yeah, all we need is 
uh, Washington, D.C., and we'll have every... Cockeysville, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Madeline says, my favorite part is when someone cherry picks some crumbs of outdated, outdated Evo psych in an attempt to rebuke contemporary social sciences as a whole. Let me tell you how men are somehow simultaneously super rational logic bros while also being incapable of resisting any lizard brain impulses resulting from seeing certain shades of lipstick. I thought that was like was an excellent point. Yeah. Um I think I don't quite get what she's saying honestly. So like I feel like we, um, um, amongst uh I don't know, people on the internet, you know, and other people too there's kind of like um a this evolutionary using like evolutionary psychology to explain human behavior for example you know men are like this because when they when we were you know back in the paleolithic mm. times uh, that right. was the only way to survive and of so. course you're, you're you're referring to the great tim allen who uh <laughs> is considered an expert in evo psych if i'm not wrong yeah. I'm sorry. No, continue. Sorry. <laughs> Is this like some inside comedy baseball stuff? Well, not if you watch Home Improvement, it's not. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um but 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 uh, but I but I do think that that's that's a really interesting um counterpoint that that Madeline made saying that, you know, some of these same people that like like are really into this uh, evolutionary psychology mm. uh also are Oh, like you know, the pinnacle of logic and reason, right, and right, yeah. uh, you know, and like which 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 is it, you know? Because uh-huh. uh, I think I don't think that we can that we can hold up people like living in the Stone Age necessarily as uh, pinnacles of your logic and reason, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially if cartoons are to be believed. <laughs> what do you think about that, Michael? Well, I I. Look, I think I'm going to be agreeing with Sue a lot, so <laughs> this is not going to be a debate that maybe we were hoping to have. No, no, we, we don't um, get too debatey on here. You know, we just, we just. I think we'd like to violently agree with each other. Yeah, we kind of do. We kind of <laughs> do. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to aggressively agree with you. Right. Yeah, very I masculinely. That... Well, Michael, Michael debated the use of the term toxic masculinity. Yeah. That's true, and I think, and I think that I have to think about that a little bit. He prefers you call it the traditional Avenger when right. referring to the. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of one of the one of the the traps of traditional masculinity is that we are brought up to believe that uh, emotion, uh, almost all emotion, is feminine and therefore bad, and the only right. emotions were we're sort of allowed to have our anger uh and maybe that's it and mm-hmm. if you don't want to have anger what about jealousy withdraw yeah well I, to me that falls oh. under anger because it, it manifests itself as rage yeah. um right. but but of course you know jealousy is really just it's insecurity which is sure. a form of vulnerability i mean and and self-doubt and and so the way we elevate ourselves out of our kind of emotional death is we say we are the creatures of logic and reason, mm-hmm. which of course is nonsense. Um, I don't think there's been any, I don't think, I don't think there's any evidence in across any scientific discipline that would suggest that men are any less emotional than women or men, or women are any less mm-hmm. logical and or rational than men. These are all, you know, just societal yeah. conventions and and sexist conventions, and 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 they have deep roots that we can slowly pluck out of the ground. It just it just takes people talking about it, acknowledging it, and yes. Um, doing doing the individual work required to overcome it within ourselves because we're, we're all we all have it, yeah, yeah. men and women. We all we're all brought up in this kind with this kind of mode of thinking, Damn. and it requires a lot of work to undo that thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you? So, um, just a little bit of an aside here. Uh, <laughs> I was. Is it going to be about punk rock? Because I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> no, it's about the German language. Um, 
<laughs> but, oh yeah, this was an interesting factoid. So I was, I was, I was just you know trying to prepare a little bit. I was just like looking around. Sue's at, a big language person. I'm a, I am a big language mm-hmm. person. Um, and I and I. I don't know. I was like looking around for stuff about toxic masculinity, whatever. What do people say about it? And there was a, uh, I found a link to like a a, a pay, like a web page of German insults. Okay, like ger- <laughs> like like ways to call people like a wimp, you know, in the German language. And some of them were like guy who takes warm showers. Apparently, oh That's, my god, yeah. what kind of loser? <laughs> and, and, and and one of them was like a guy who puts mittens on before he makes snowballs. That was like seriously one of them. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Guy who puts mittens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that loser! I know, but one of them—that's probably why Hitler became what he did. So probably yeah. someone yeah. called him that. Um, the but but the one my favorite one was called uh, Frauenverstehr, mm. which means mm-hmm. woman understander, literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meaning it is that very a non. It is it is very non masculine right. to understand women to listen to and understand Man. women. Wow. In my book, I write about how men talk about women being mysterious mm-hmm. and enigmatic and, and what bullshit that is. Um, because the, the fact of the matter is men have a language and women have a separate language, um, both of which are informed by the way we're brought up. And so right. we, we sort of look for particularly nonverbal cues to express ourselves. Mm. But m- women speak men's language so much better mm. because mm. masculinity is the dominant culture mm-hmm. uh, across the yeah. globe and always has been. Yeah. So it's like it, the, the analogy I use is that there are, are there's a Russian language and there's a Latvian language, mm. but far more Latvians speak Russian than Russians speak Latvian mm. yeah. because Russia is the dominant culture there. It doesn't mean that Latvians are any more mysterious than Russians. They're not. It's just that Russians haven't troubled themselves to learn the language because they haven't wow. had that's to. A, that's a really interesting point. I love that, actually. You guys are becoming best friends by the second. <laughs> you like talking about language, <laughs> punk rock, feminism. <laughs> Um, New Jersey. All right. Next confession is from Jonathan Gregory, Scottsdale, Arizona. Throughout history and in every society, men have always been more violent than women. I don't think the solution is to make men more feminine. I think it's to direct their testosterone in a positive way. Single motherhood is one of the leading indicators to criminality in the U.S. One thing citation needed that is missing in the picture is men. Men teaching boys that they're safe and don't have to act violently and be protectors of uh, women and children. I think we need more masculinity, not less. I think unchanneled testosterone is the problem. Not enough men roughhousing with their sons to teach them limits to aggression and positive ways to channel that aggression. So Roughhousing deficiency. Yeah, uh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if I completely buy that, just because I don't, I don't know if, like... Uh, hormones are the cause of you know entirely the cause of violent behavior um i think that's but you know and and, and again this isn't like my specialty you know and also and also i think i i i got i got a citation you don't specialize I, in testicles yeah no. <laughs> and um also the um the uh, single mothers are the number one biggest what did they say like indicator, indicator of criminality indicator of criminality like okay, i mean citation needed on that but you know mm. there's a lot of weird stats out there well but i think he's <laughs> saying that men boys need fathers to help them mm-hmm. channel their testosterone i guess i guess so i mean i think boys you know what i think that uh that is one way that right. like right that that you know we could maybe help boys become less dickheads as men uh-huh. uh but i certainly don't think that's the only way because sure. a lot of you know women just don't you know don't have a man around what right. you well know? <laughs> actually michael's in kind of a unique uh situation not to I, I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about but your upbringing was was kind of non-traditional wasn't it michael yeah well i grew up in a lesbian household yeah. uh yeah and my, my dad my, my parents were divorced 
my dad died when I was 12. So I mostly grew up with my mom and her partner. Um, mm. I'm not sure that single motherhood is an indicator in and of itself of criminality. I suspect, and I don't know that there's any studies to back this up, and um, that single parenthood mm-hmm. in general is probably more of an indicator. It just so happens that it tends to be women who assume the responsibility for raising right. the children. That's exactly that they true, have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. I uh, what I uh, what I suspect is that any child will do better in a uh, two parent household, regardless of what sex those parents are. And children will probably do even better than that if they have a strong community support system uh, that extends beyond their parents, including grandparents, relatives, close friends and neighbors Mm. Uh, whether it's clergy, mm-hmm. teachers, et cetera. So the more you narrow um, a kid's uh, sphere right, of influence right. in terms of adults, the, I, would, I would guess the more likely it is that they're going to get into trouble for a whole mm-hmm. host of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, I mean, if you just want to break it down, a lot of it could has to do with, I think, discipline is probably true. But when you have a single parent, chances are that single parent has to work. Yeah. Um, chances right. are that single parent has to work really yeah. hard. Childcare is difficult to find. Um, your food situation might be more challenged, which mean, and which could influence your education. You know, there's like a there's a there's a whole web of of um, symptoms that happen when you have fewer adults in your life as a kid. So I, I would guess that that's more the case than it being about single mm-hmm. motherhood. I do agree, having grown up in a, uh, a lesbian household, that for boys, it is important to have male role models in their lives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I sort of felt, particularly because my dad died young, I really felt a, a keen lack of that as I was growing mm-hmm. up. It didn't make me violent, mm-hmm. It didn't mean that I couldn't channel whatever anger I had. Um, but I do think kids need kid, kid, kids need to learn how to be people. Mm. And one of the ways we identify ourselves as people is by whichever sex we identify more closely with. Um, and I don't want to get into a, a, a drawn right. out conversation about between gender right, and sure. sex, but whichever sex we, we more identify with. And so it makes perfect sense that you're going to want to look to people who are uh, closer to the way you think of right. yourself as role right. models. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So um, I, I, did I, I think, I think that, 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 that's very, that's, that's, a, that's, that's mm. actually a great analysis, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. If you were, no, it doesn't mean it's right. By yeah. the way, it just means it's, sure. what I, it's what I it's what it's what I suspect. But I have no idea whether it's correct. So, so you know, I think about this a lot. Um, you know, if I were, you know, I grew up in the '80s and stuff. You know, I'm 42 now. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but. I think if I were like, and I still make my own bread. <laughs> if I were, if I were like a, a you know a young man, I wouldn't and 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 you know like and I didn't have any like positive uh, influences in my real life, uh, and I was just left to watch movies and figure out yeah, how to act yeah. uh, based on that. No wonder, yeah, everything is terrible. Sure. Well, I'll say I, I had a good male influence. You know, my dad was 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 a good father. Um, but once you become a teenager, your peers are, in my opinion, mm-hmm. so much more influential on you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I honestly, it shocked me how brutal the the world of of male adolescence can be. You uh-huh. know, how depraved and decadent. You know, like uh, that movie, Kids, almost like. I, I don't know if kids are quite that bad boys, but like that's kind of the mentality, you know, that that's kind of encouraged for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, like now with the, the wokeness and everything, it's kind of a relief in, in a way, you know, not that it's as, as heavy in my 30s as it was in my teenage years. But there is a big relief to be like, OK, maybe we can talk about our mental health and mm-hmm. our feelings and stuff. We don't have to have this uh, 
this kind of tough guy exterior. Not that I have to have that that much, but it is nice to have it kind of knock down another notch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, I think that um, uh, something uh, Michael said earlier, He was, I think he mentioned, like, you know, there's not really, like, a good model for what masculinity well, looks like. I think that's, like, really the key here, you know? Um, that there needs that there needs to be like a better model of what masculinity means. Well, we do have Tim Allen again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like, I mean, I'm I, I'm not I'm not sure the you know the the best way to go about that. I think I think really men just like talking to other men mm-hmm. are is like absolutely uh, like absolutely. Like calling out your friends. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the best things about AA and stuff, I think, too, is just like to have that to be able to actually just discuss those things, whether it's like, you know, alcohol related or not, like just to kind of be able to talk about your emotions and and what's going on and to call out yourself on your own BS, Right. you know, um, I don't know because I'm not an alcoholic. Me either. I mean, not a diagnosed one. anyway. Yeah, I feel bad for I mean, I'm not like super involved with with the program much anymore. I am involved, but not super involved, but I I am lucky that like once a week I get to like go just talk about, you know, my demons and my, you know, it's yeah. pretty sweet. I I I think that's a a great model of behavior for all people. The problem is that men have been discouraged from doing that for mm-hmm. so long that we think it's we think that is what it means to be a man is to just stiff upper lip it and keep your mouth right. shut and don't talk about anything. Um, and incidentally, I do think there's a certain amount of value in not Can complaining you just say that too again? much. Oh, I do think there is some value in not uh, whining and moaning all the time. I think there's a lot of value mm-hmm. in that for men yeah. and for women. Um, but there is also a tremendous amount of value in, expressing your pain when you feel like you need right. to and le- expressing your vulnerability when you, when you need to, when we talk about, there's not a model of masculinity. Um, to me, what that means is we do have a model of masculinity and that's what I think traditional masculinity mm-hmm. is. The problem is that that model isn't working very right. well anymore. Right. And there's, you know, and there and are good reasons why it's not working. And I feel like there, there's a lot of, um, do you do you feel like there's a lot of um kind of pushback on like you know people people that that feel like attached to this you know uh, mod- model of traditional masculinity yeah um because they feel like very attacked right right uh when i think it has i think it has a lot to do with people men their sense of self and their their it it the people who i the men who are i think are most defensive about it are the ones who wrap their identity so strongly about around these traditionally masculine behaviors and and incidentally it's not just men it's also women who buy into these notions um and i think we can look to the election of Donald Trump as evidence that that there are these guys out there uh, and women out there because he represents, in addition to everything else he represents, he represents a kind of cartoonish vision of traditional masculinity. Yes, yes. and a lot of people and find it really appealing. It's like if the Fast and the Furious got elected president. <laughs> uh, w- one of the things that really shocked me was the. Uh, about Donald Trump was the, I mean, not not just about Donald Trump, but the reaction of certain older, like uh, punk and hardcore people, to a feminist band. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you guys got it. Yeah, brutally bad, like brutally. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, basically, people that were you know you know people in bands like actual like punk bands that now are just all in on the status quo. Like, you know, we're like basically, you know, they, it, you, you have to offend people to be punk, you know, right. bullshit. Mm. You know what you got to do to be punk? You got to fuck with the status quo. Yeah. OK, that's what it's about. Right. And, uh, you know, to, right. uh, you know, I think anyway. Um, but like, you know, I think that like a, a, a lot of people. And like, incidentally. Really, yeah. 
the, the same thing is true for comedy. That's oh, why, sure. you know, when oh, people yeah. say, why aren't Republicans funny? It's because Republicanism is almost by definition, the defense of the status right, quo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy when it's at its best is when it is speaking truth mm-hmm. to power, mm-hmm. you know, with our jokes. Yeah. And if yeah, you can- no, I, I feel like that is sometimes I think about like, what is the evolutionary function of the comedian? You know, and, and, and I've come to the conclusion that it's kind of like to ease people into a different way of thinking or into a new thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like, it can definitely. I mean, I feel like it's at its it's at its best when it does when it can do that type of thing. You know? Um, yeah, or, or when you know you're saying that the people on Scooby Doo are stoned. That's pretty good too. <laughs> that's a classic. Wait a minute. That's funny. That's funny. Trademarked, my friend. Don't Scooby snacks. Okay, I get it. That's funny. You know, oh. it's, and and I feel like there's this this whole uh, performing like toxic masculinity as jokes you know really mm-hmm. really just kind of it very quickly is you know turns into cruel performing cruelty and bigot bigotry yeah you know it, yeah. It, it, like it's like it's like you're like a, a part of an in-group you know uh and and if you don't think that these jokes are funny you're not part of that in-group yeah you know i felt a lot heavier when i started like eight nine years ago yeah. than it does now what okay. what what are you offended? <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, we got one last confession here. It's from Stacy Lay, Ocean City, Maryland. Toxic, toxic masculinity seems to happen when they lack masculinity. I see masculinity as a good thing. It's the word toxic that makes it as if a man is trying to overcompensate for lack of masculinity slash feeling the pressure to strut his testosterone, therefore expressing it in the wrong way and repressing what really makes a man. Uh, in my opinion, strong men cry. Gentle men can admit when they are wrong. Toxicity gets the idea of what's masculine mixed up with the equivalent to a Chad or a Brad, uh, basically a raging D-bag with something to prove. <laughs> there is sadly a misconception that boys are easier to raise. That misconception tends to make uh, boys feel neglected. Boys should not be labeled as easy or simple and young girls as emotional. Mm. It's like saying boys don't have any emotions, which is false. They usually tend to be better at hiding them. Uh, All children require different needs as they are being raised, just as all children require different forms of learning to comprehend. Yeah. uh, You know, I'm not a parent. I have no... (laughs) uh, I have no no insights about this. I just just see that it it does seem to be very, very difficult. And I have all... I have a, you know, a lot of respect for for parents that are really trying to sure. to to do something about this sure. you know with their with their with their young children yeah yeah well michael you have kids can you i do have kids they're senior kids now they're, <laughs> they're, 19, they're are they 19 and almost 17 oh my goodness wow so they're wow they're yeah i mean one of them i guess is no longer oh. a kid um the way i look at this is going back to the the poster's original point is when we talk about masculinity, a, a lot of times what's inferred in, in even the word masculinity is its opposition to femininity. And one of the startling things about femininity over the last 60 years is the way it has redefined itself. And so femininity has now expanded in a way to include a lot of attributes and behaviors that men used to think of as their own. Hmm. Again, these are like classic sort of traditional masculine behavior, strength, independence, fortitude, bravery, enduring, whatever you want to call it. Giving directions, GPS, stole whatever was left from that one. And so... What has happened as a result of that is women have achieved, uh, have made incredible progress in in the globally, and and I think of it more. I think of it mostly in terms of America mm. because it's where I'm from, and I know the mm. most about it. But so women have achieved incredible progress uh, in this country right. to where women that. are graduating from college more than men now. No, I don't think the journey is ever over when it comes to mm-hmm. equality. 
Um, but we can see when we look back over the last 60 years, the progress that has been made. Mm-hmm. And it has put a lot of men into a really defensive crouch because they think that if a woman is strong, then then he has to be stronger. If a woman, mm. because he doesn't want to be viewed as feminine. Um, as women speak up, men oftentimes either try to shout over or retreat more further into silence. But mm. what women have shown each other, and hopefully by extension men, is that what it means to be a woman is no different than what it means to be mm-hmm. a human. Yeah, Women have just learned to embrace, expand, and celebrate their own humanity. Yeah. And men yeah. haven't quite learned that in a, lesson in a, in a, yet. In a large way. That's, yeah. Right. Men haven't quite learned that being a man means being a human, um, mm-hmm. which, in, which encompasses all of humanity's strengths and vulnerabilities and foibles and all the rest of it. So men have a hard time viewing women as fully human. And I think a lot of times we have a hard time viewing anybody outside of ourselves as fully human. Sure. We, we, we can be really myopic in that way. And I think a lot of it is a direct result of, of the way we're raised. Um, I don't, I don't, that's not indicting any parent or parenting style, because I don't think you can escape your culture. And the culture is mm. what it is. And I think the culture actually mm-hmm. is getting better. Um, and I think the fact that we're so having sure. this conversation is indicative of that. Um, but these conversations, the conversations that you and I are, the conversation that you and I ha- are having, isn't yet a widespread conversation. Right. And it has to be. It's, mm-hmm. It is. It is. And, you know, as depressing <laughs> as the world is, like really, you know, it, it it's you know, you look at Twitter for ten minutes, right? And you're you know convinced that we're all doomed, and sure, you know, sure. um, but but honestly, if I'm if I I know that I am so much more compassionate and open to uh, you know different ideas than mm-hmm. I was even ten years ago. Absolutely, you know, and yeah, no, for sure, and 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 everyone around me, uh, you know, every well, I have a pretty privileged existence in that I don't have to hang out with people that I don't like. Right, I, it's kind of awesome, but it means that I'm bad at it. You know, <laughs> when I do have to yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. with someone it's, I don't yeah, it's like, so it's like to... it's unbearable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so so again, I, I'm speaking from my from my little bubble, but but even even in the bubble, uh, I feel like there's been a, like an elevation. I think so. I think so for sure. I think that you know maybe maybe my, maybe my like, bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's it like like for like showbiz people? You know? uh, well, I mean, you know, brand people, showbiz people, like we're in pretty liberal, liberal leaning industries, yeah. right? You know, because you know our job is, like you said, it's like generally a lot of it is about speaking truth mm. to power, fighting the status quo. That's why artists get into the arts. So you know, I'm fortunate too. I mean, I, I, I generally don't have to yeah. hang out with people that I don't really like either. But then again, when I do hang out with people who, uh, let's say, are politically divergent from like me. Like at Thanksgiving. Ge- <laughs> yeah, at a Thanksgiving or what have you. Generally, I like right. them. Yeah. Like, I like most, yeah, most people, people cool, you know? Um, and when you have and, – and I find most people are receptive to – having rational mm. conversations and and when you break past the the easy labels that we're all guilty of affixing to other people you find that most people generally just want the same things i mean most people just want to feel safe secure want to raise their kids in a safe secure environment want to have a little right. bit of money um you know want to be able to put food on the table and a roof over their head and and take care of each other and that's about yeah. it you know it's just that the way it's just that a lot of times we think the path to get to those things is is narrow, and it, and I think it's much wider. There's there's a lot of divergent paths to get to the same goal, and if we're if we just 
sort of pay attention to each other and, and recognize that most of us are, are heading in the mm-hmm. same direction, um, we can hopefully be a little bit more respectful of how each person decides to get there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's 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 really that's really good. Um, that's I, well said. I, I I cannot wait to read your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, like this conversation has been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I, I I'm, I'm I mean I'm super I'm super stoked about it. Let's play the show together. Is, it's called it's called a better man, and then the subtitle is a mostly serious letter to my son because it's it is it's a serious topic for me. I have a hard time making right. jokes about it. I don't really know how to make jokes about it. I sh- I probably should since that's my job, but I don't. I don't know well, it's it. almost like you know, like like making jokes about stuff is like part of you know making it okay to talk about. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I uh, it it makes me feel it makes it makes me happy that we can talk about this stuff a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure. Not everything is terrible. No. Most just most things. Well, yeah, yeah most things, most yeah. things are terrible. <laughs> But in fairness, but in fairness, most things are usually yeah, terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think, Mike? Well, I think I think as they would say on my favorite show topics, we've hit ninety percent. Did you get that <laughs> reference, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's right, such that is such a dream that I get to say that with Michael Ian Black. Uh, you know, dare to I wish I was still doing that podcast. Oh my god, I love it! Please bring it back. We we also wish you were still doing that podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll I've never seen Mike laugh so hard. <laughs> What's that? Michael Showalter is so busy. He doesn't have he doesn't have time. Yeah, for I hear you. He's out there being Mister Hollywood. Is, is that he what he sure doing? is? I don't know. I, yeah, he's yeah. Pr- he's playing Mister Hollywood in the new feature <laughs> film. Oh, Hollywood. Um. But yeah, uh, this this was really fun. Yeah, this was great. This was thank a, you so much. This was guys. a really good discussion. Absolutely. Um, just real quick, uh, Michael, can you can you tell us your social media handles? Uh, yeah, the only thing I'm really on is Twitter at Michael Ian Black. Okay, all right, Michael Ian Black. I am at Captain Sue on Twitter, like Captain Crunch, but Captain Sue. Um,